0: Hey there, I'm your host, T.G. Brantful, and you're listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast, where we try to bring you actionable information and normalize cannabis through the stories of entrepreneurs, activists, and industry stakeholders. Today, I'm joined by Beth Stavola, a cannabis industry entrepreneur who wears a lot of hats, is an owner of multiple dispensaries throughout the U.S., COO and director of MPX Bioceutical Corporation, and a member of the board of trustees of the New Jersey Cannabis Industry Association, in addition to being a Mother of six children pretty crazy how you doing Beth?
1: I'm doing good, Tim. How are you?
0: I'm all right I'm all right uh waiting for the thaw here in Vermont um you know but but we'll get there we'll get there um have, uh man i'm having trouble oh, right now
1: that's okay um, we're, we're about to get a lot of snow here in new jersey too
0: well let, let's hope that we all we all survive until march april mm-hmm. wh- wh- who knows what's going on mm-hmm. anyway um i, I want to talk about you i want to get to know you i want to get uh, a bit about your background uh how'd you end up in this cannabis space
1: well, my background is on Wall Street. I worked uh, for most of my career at Jeffries and Company in institutional equity sales um you know mostly selling i p o s and secondaries um, and uh, you know after children uh, number four and five twins, um I went back to work for about six months and and my husband said this seven o'clock a m meeting is uh is is probably not working in Manhattan anymore for you. So I started uh, just really doing one-off investments for for my family. and a deal broker brought me uh, an opportunity to invest a million dollars in uh, medical marijuana in Arizona. and I found fa- I found that it was intriguing. And uh, Tim, better lucky than smart. I'm not gonna tell you that I was some incredible visionary, but um, <laughs> but uh, I flew out to Arizona. And, uh, I came back and, um, and I told my husband, I was going to invest a million dollars in medical marijuana. And he said, uh, you completely lost your, <laughs> can I, can I say it? Can, yeah, you, yeah. You completely lost your shit now. Um, <laughs> And uh, and so I, I, you know, I bought my first license and it was a pretty crazy story. Um, the first license was uh, on the border of Mexico in Douglas, Arizona. And um, I, I, you know, I really planned on uh, investing mostly and not really operating the business. And, um, you know, six and a half years ago, it was the wild, wild west a lot more than than it really is now. and. Um, you know, I, I, ended up having to take over and operate the business. Um, and then I started really enjoying it. And I started, uh, I bought two other licenses in Mesa, Arizona, and um, I got super passionate about it. I saw what it was doing to help people, and um, and so that's kind of uh, kind of my story. But you know, I remember laying in a bed in the hall in a Holiday Inn, um, staring at the ceiling and. St- Waiting for my uh, the, the Department of Health Services to come down to Douglas, Arizona, and give me my first approval to operate. And I, I remember just staring at the ceiling all night and saying, "What the hell are you doing?" Um, but uh, but you know, it's all worked out, and uh, you know, it's it's a really exciting business. It's a it's incredibly challenging with obviously the federal uh, illegality, and um, you know, but but hopefully. Hopefully things will be changing there.
0: So can you tell me what sort of the the biggest challenge was going from Wall Street to this industry? I mean, that's that's a really, you know, a night and day sort of jump.
1: So you know what? It's uncharted territory. There's no, uh, because it was in the black market for so long, there is no playbook. Uh, and there still is no playbook. You know, when you're a multi-state operator, like we are, the states change the rules all the time. And sometimes I have to back up and I say, okay, which state, which state are we talking about now? Is it, is it Maryland or Arizona or Massachusetts or, uh, New Jersey? And, um, you know so so you know th- that's certainly a challenge
0: so so you, w- when you were developing you know the the the, the businesses how how did you end up being so successful i mean what what do you think that you did differently than other people were doing um you know that allowed you to expand and allowed you to get into multiple states
1: um well You know, uh, definitely a lot of perseverance throwing a lot of stuff against the wall to see what's, you know, sticks learning from my mistakes and the mistakes in this industry are very, very expensive, especially on the cultivation side. Um, you know, just really taking every meeting. Um, my sister Julie works with me amongst a bunch of other fabulous ladies in my office. And, uh, you know, she would almost make fun of me a little bit for taking every meeting, but, you know, one out of 10 meetings, you know, generally is, uh, Uh, is going to result in something really great. So, you know, I really try to leave no stone unturned.
0: So you mentioned your sister. How do you find the right talent? You're a COO and director. Um, You know, so how do you find the right talent for this space, especially, you know, you, you admittedly didn't have that experience coming in? And and also what non cannabis sectors are you finding talent?
1: So that's an interesting question. And I talk about it a lot with my counterparts that are multi state operators. And one thing that I joke about is I say it's like dog years. Like if you're in the business six and a half years, it's like 55 years in any other business. And I I also joke that I love that, you know, sometimes they use like five year old glamour shots of me because I feel like (laughs) I've aged a lot in the business. Um, But, it's really, it's really a challenge because, um, the experiences that we've had to deal with, whether it's uh, figuring out what to do with the cash and how to deal with the lack of banking, um, you know, having your own, uh, bank account shut down. Um, I, you know, I, at a multinational bank. I, my, my, one of my daughter's, uh, communion, <laughs> communion money accounts got shut down because I'm the trustee. Oh no. Um. Yeah so it's you know the banking is is one of the most challenging things and and that's the, that's one of the things that um I really feel like uh as a federal government is uh, one of the things that we have to change quickly because there it, it really puts people in danger and um you know I sleep with a phone in my bed because I certainly because I have teenagers right but also because I you know I get text messages at night and and um you know I I know that the stores are closed all my people have been walked by security, uh, you know, to their vehicles. Everything has been secured. And, and that's really, you know, that's really important to me. We uh, generally have been, we're one of the lucky ones that generally has banking across the board. Um, but, it, you know, it, it's, it's a real challenge for the industry. So,
0: so where are you finding your people, you know, where are you finding the, the upper echelon of, of, uh, your executive team and, and the people who are on the ground in, in your dispensaries?
1: Uh, former wall street, some, uh, somewhat, you know, on the executive team, I feel like, um, you know, if you could survive there, um, uh, especially during the time period where I was there, uh, you know, you, you could pretty much, uh, you know, wade wade through anything. Um, You know, my sister was in, uh, her name is Julie Winter. She was in um, operations for credit derivative swaps at Barclays. So, um, you know, finding people that come from very highly regulated businesses, gaming, um, things of that nature
0: you mentioned the the high high regulation how do you decide which markets to enter are are there specific things that you look for with regard to the states
1: yes so we will never be in an unlimited licensing state so you'll never see us um, make an acquisition or try to move into say a Colorado an Oregon a Washington state. Um, well, you know, limited licensing states, highly regulated, um, you know, if it's a medical state, um, chronic pain being on the, the list, um, it's generally about 70% of what the medical cards are written. So, um, it, you know, it really depends on, uh, how well the state has written the rules. One of the states that we're opening in, uh, in the next 60 days, is Maryland? I've been really impressed with Maryland's program.
0: When it when it comes to Maryland, I know that there's there's sort of a lot going on in, in terms of uh, the, the rules sort of being challenged by some minority lawmakers um, with, with the social equity rules. Is is that something that that's still going on and, and something that you're having to deal with?
1: It is, you know what it is still going on, and and frankly, it should be going on because. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very behind this social justice reform. I mean, we can't be giving, we cannot be giving these licenses out to only rich white males when we have, uh, men and women of color that are sitting in jail for doing the same exact thing that these licenses, uh, you know, are being given out for now.
0: And, uh, I've, um, the the states that you're operating in is is one more challenging than the other is is you know do you, do you have a little more trouble in one state versus another i'm just trying to get a sense of you know for multi-state operators you know what they might have to deal with if they choose to take that route
1: Sure. Um, uh, one of the things that I did with the NJCIA is I think the state of Nevada did it right. Now, that said, it is the highest regulated state that that we operate in at this at this very moment. But um, and, and Nevada knows how to do it right. Right. I mean, they've been regulating. um you know, highly regulated businesses for, for years. And, um, so, so one of the suggestions that I had for the NJCIA was, you know what, if, if uh, our new governor, Phil Murphy, yay, Phil, um, is, uh, you know, he really, you know, he wants to do so much for this state and, um, Bringing in, uh, changing the medical program here in New Jersey is first and foremost um, a way that we will head to adult use here. But there's no state that has, has uh, switched to adult use better than the state of Nevada. And Senator Tick Segerblum, I'm going to pat him on the back for that. Um, he has done an incredible job pushing that agenda forward there. And uh, he and I, you know, were able to, uh, along with Dara Severus um, and Hugh O'Bernie, really, uh, with the NJCIA, really put together a nice program for state and local officials of New Jersey to go and see how Nevada did it. You know, they had a really, you know, a a really well thought out medical program. And, you know, if you think about it, um, in November of 2016, Massachusetts and Nevada both uh, voted in uh, adult use marijuana, um, and by July first of 2017, Nevada had it implemented. That's a that's a, an absolute record. Um, Massachusetts, we're still waiting for the recreational licenses, and we're looking at about. Uh, July of 2018. So I really wanted some of the lawmakers in New Jersey, as it's my home state, to see a state that I believe that does it right. And and what we do um, is we operate all the states to the highest, the, the highest standard of, um, the most regulated state that we operate in, which would be Nevada.
0: So I want to talk to you a lot more about New Jersey. I'm, I'm on the East coast. I, I've covered New York a whole lot and, and they're sort of intertwined. But before we do that, we got to take a break. This is the podcast. and am TG Brainfall.
2: If you are looking for a job in the rapidly growing and highly competitive cannabis industry, Gontrepreneur.com is the place to look. Visit the Gondrepreneur Job Board today to browse current openings with cannabis companies throughout the United States, from entry-level bud tender positions to executive-level career opportunities. You can also create a profile and upload your resume to be discovered by cannabis recruiters. Visit our job board at jobs.gondrepreneur.com to create your profile today. If you are a business owner, you can post your job openings for as little as $25 on our job board to reach the largest and most engaged audience of cannabis professionals on the web. Companies who are listed in the Gondrepreneur business directory are eligible for free job listings. If you are already signed up, contact us today via the website or send us an email at grow at to activate your unique coupon.
0: Hey, welcome back to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, T.G. Brandfold, here with Beth Stavola, cannabis industry entrepreneur, uh, COO, and director, MPX Bioceutical Corporation, member of the board of trustees of the New Jersey Cannabis Industry Association. Um, and that's what I want to talk to you about. I want to talk to you about Jersey. Uh, you had said you know, before that you know the, the first order business was to sort of... Uh, strengthen New Jersey's medical cannabis program so so what is happening in New Jersey I know you know you mentioned that Murphy uh, you know he's a proponent of recreational cannabis there's bills that have been introduced Um, what is going on in New Jersey
1: so um, right now, well, uh, Governor Murphy last week in his budget speech, uh, he uh, basically is assuming uh, approximately eighty million dollars in in uh, revenue coming into the state in two thousand and nineteen. So we really got we really have to get it going because uh, right now I believe there's about two million dollars in the current medical program, which is what I will call an abysmal program, which was under Governor. Christie, who, <laughs> yeah, he inherited it uh, and didn't want it and made it extremely difficult for the current um, six operators. And there's a lot of politicking going on in New Jersey right now. Um, as you might imagine, you know, the current six operators have, uh, you know, suffered through a very difficult situation. Um, Uh, You know, very difficult program. So I I have uh, tremendous respect for them. Uh, But what what we have to do is we have to increase the program. Uh, Six operators cannot uh, cannot handle a medical program, and certainly not an adult use program in the state of New Jersey. Um, My thought, my personal thought, is that there should be a hundred dispensaries, uh, 25 cultivations and 25 production facilities. And that's, that, that, that goes with experience that, that is, uh, what I've seen work and not work for both the patients and for, um, the businesses, because we have to have it be healthy for the businesses, but we can't have it be monopolistic either. Right. So, um, you know, there's, there's certainly some politicking going on and quite a bit of pushback from the current operators but you know we'll we'll certainly figure that out um, as we go along so um, so that you know there were, I was just at a meeting today with uh, you know with regard to this and and uh, there were some state and local officials that were able to go on this trip that the NJcia we have we had all put together um, to go to Nevada and actually listen to Uh, The Nevada politicians talk about how they did it, and I believe that they did it right. And then um, this morning, we had a meeting in New Brunswick for any state and local politicians that could not uh, end up taking that trip. And um, you know, just to go over, you know, all of the issues and, and allow for them to ask industry experts questions. And um so it, it was actually a really great um it was a really great meeting.
0: What what sort of questions are lawmakers in New Jersey asking? I mean, we we have reports from Colorado, we have report I mean, we have reports from legal states, you know, so 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 what what else can they be curious about at this point?
1: Um, well, you know, uh, you know, one of the questions could be, what do I tell my constituents when they say marijuana is a gateway drug? My answer to that is, I'll tell you the flip side. I think marijuana is an exit drug and it's an exit drug for a lot of people. We have an opioid crisis in this country. Um, it's an epidemic uh we uh we we consume as americans 85% of the opioids in the world it's a major yeah unbelievable it's a major major problem i watch people get off of opioids, and they're smoking a vape pen. Do you know the satisfaction that it gives you to watch uh, a veteran who's been just handed pill after pill after pill, prescription after prescription from the VA, and have them just smoking a vape pen? Um, That's that's not going to hurt them. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I call it an exit drug and I think that that really helps some of these local politicians to, you know, be able to go and talk to their constituents about it. Um, you know, we've all on, on my executive team, we've, um, suggested, bring us to your, bring us to your local meetings. Uh, I'm a mom of six kids. Um, you know, I, I, I want to protect the kids. I, you know, I want to make sure that. Uh, you know, we have childproof packaging. We're not making things that are attractive to children. Um, So, you know, there's there's a lot of things that go into it. And I think... I, it's it's new territory. So the, the politicians are really just, you know, kind of learning it as they go, um, you know, hand in hand with us.
0: So in your opinion, what do you think legalization would in, in New Jersey would mean for other East Coast states, especially New York? Because you have Cuomo who, you know, Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York, who has no interest in legalizing recreational cannabis use. But it's hard for a lot of New Yorkers, people who are plugged in to say, you know to, to to say that Cuomo's going to let new jersey reap all of the rewards from that industry so so in your opinion you know you operate in a, in in a variety of states you live in new jersey which is very close to legalization what does it mean for the east coast states if jersey goes green
1: well, you know what? I think it's really going to force uh, Cuomo to uh, to to go green. Frankly, and I, I have heard some uh, some interviews that that he is actually softening up to that. So, you know, I think I think that um, you know the proof will be in the pudding when you're actually seeing. I mean, I heard a statistic today that Colorado. Uh, which is, from a population standpoint, I think three million less um, three million less residents than New Jersey took forty five million dollars worth of marijuana money and put it into the school system. New Jersey is so desperate uh, for for tax money, and um, you know, I, I, I've heard this joke, and it's it's kind of scary. But you know, people say, "Last one out of New Jersey, shut the lights out," because. I know. And it's, you know, it's my hometown. And it's been so frustrating for me to see these um marijuana programs that are very successful in these other states and see people helped for the and this come home and see the same exact diseases and not be able to help people here. So
0: what exactly is holding the reforms back? You have a governor who is supportive of this. You know it, it, that it, that's not enough to to push these these lawmakers into supporting common sense recreational cannabis legislation.
1: Uh, you know politics, politics, politics. There was uh, I will call him an agitator, uh, Assemblyman Joe Danielson, who was at the meeting that I was at this morning and introduced himself as a firefighter. And um, he was um, fighting back on the social reform piece um, as a a wonderful, wonderful man, um, Leo Bridgewater, uh, was speaking and uh who is a decorated war vet with PTSD who um he's just wonderful and a member of the NJCIA and and pushing back and and um you know it seems like there was it seems like there uh there was an agenda there and it could have been in my opinion, to protect the the six current operators and um, not not allow for additional operators to come in. It's
0: it's stunning to me. It really is. Um, I, I, w- I want to talk to you about being a, a mother of six in this industry. Um, before we do that, we got to take a break. This is the Entrepreneur podcast. I'm TG Brandfall.
2: At Gondrepreneur, we have heard from dozens of cannabis business owners who have encountered the issue of cannabis bias which is when a mainstream business, whether a landlord, bank, or some other provider of vital business services, refuses to do business with them simply because of their association with cannabis. We have even heard stories of businesses being unable to provide health and life insurance for their employees because the insurance providers were too afraid to work with them. We believe that this fear is totally unreasonable and that cannabis business owners deserve access to the same services and resources that other businesses are afforded, that they should be able to hire consultation to help them follow the letter of the law in their business endeavors, and that they should be able to provide employee benefits without needing to compromise on the quality of coverage they can offer. This is why we created the Gondrepreneur.com business service directory, a resource for cannabis professionals to find and connect with service providers who are cannabis friendly and who are actively seeking cannabis industry clients. If you are considering hiring a business consultant, lawyer, accountant, web designer, or any other ancillary service for your business, go to gontrepreneur.com businesses to browse hundreds of agencies, firms, and organizations who support cannabis legalization and who want to help you grow your business. With so many options to choose from in each service category, you will be able to browse company profiles and do research on multiple companies in advance so you can find the provider who is the best fit for your particular need. Our business service directory is intended to be a useful and well-maintained resource, which is why we individually vet each listing that is submitted. If you are a business service provider who wants to work with cannabis clients, you may be a good fit for our service directory. Go to gondrepreneur.com businesses to create your profile and start connecting with cannabis entrepreneurs today.
0: Hey, welcome back to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, T.G. Branfall, here with Beth Stavola. She's the COO and director of MPX Bioceutical Corporation and a member of the board of trustees of the New Jersey Cannabis Industry Association. And she's also a mother of six, which is something I want to talk to you about. Um, what is the reaction when I don't have any children? So, you know, I, I tell people I work in the cannabis space, you know, and they're like, oh, that's cool. But, but what's the reaction when you tell other parents what you do?
1: So, Oh, six years ago, I didn't, um, it was not popular. It was not cool. Um, I was telling Pete, why are you, why are you flying to Arizona so much? Why are you flying to Nevada? Um, I was buying commercial real estate. It was not a lie. I was buying commercial real estate, but I was also operating a, a medical marijuana business and um, I, I was concerned that other parents would do things like not let their children play with my children because, you know, Oh, you know, you can't play with Elle Stavola because, you know, her, her mom's the pot mom. Um, and, and now it's very, very different. It's like, I get, you know, texts from all the kids' parents, like <laughs> happy 420, happy seven ten. So, um, (laughs) you know, it's very different now, but, you know, what a difference six years makes because, but, but, you know, it's, we're still, it's still federally illegal um, and I'm not seeing a huge amount of movement in Congress. And, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that that's going to change. So, um, I, I think that the kids' parents are extremely Can, can
0: I supportive. ask, like, what the process was with your own children? Do, do, I mean, I'm sure they know what you do, you know, so, so can you tell me, do you mind telling me what that, that was like?
1: Whoa, well, that was interesting to say the least. So my, so my teenage children, so my oldest two are 21 and, and 18 now. So they were kind of young teens and, um. Uh, you know, I walked them through the process. I, uh, you know, I I actually took them out there. I, you know, explained to them what I was doing, and it was kind of like a pharmacy. And you know, we were helping people that that couldn't be helped with other things um, that didn't want to take pills that wanted to treat themselves naturally. You know, explaining to them that no one has ever died in the history of the world of a marijuana overdose. But but people die of opioid um, uh, overdoses all the time. Uh, their cousin uh, died five years ago, my nephew, God rest his soul, um, of a heroin overdose. And that was very painful for our family. And, um, you know, the, the statistics speak for themselves, Tim. I mean, you know, it, it, with a good medical program, you immediately see a reduction in opioid deaths of approximately 30%. I don't know how anybody um, argues with, with these numbers. The numbers don't lie, I say, all the time. How do
0: you react to this fear-mongering about legalization and the alleged negative effects that it has on youth? I mean, you know, a lot of parents with six children aren't really as enlightened as you. I mean, I'm not trying to, you know, disparage anybody, but, you know, you get a lot of people who say, you know, well, I have, I have children, so we can't legalize cannabis, Right.
1: You know, it's funny. And my, 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 there's a lot of people that are reaching out to us in New Jersey that are saying, oh, you know, we want to try to operate in New Jersey. And then, you know, my, my, my husband's best friend said, you know, said to me that he's had people come up to him and, and say, I can't believe what All is doing, and she's really pushing this in in our state, and she should be ashamed of herself as a mother of six kids. So it runs the whole spectrum of people wanting to, you know, have me help them in the industry, to, you know, telling me that you know I'm I'm selling the devil's lettuce. So, um, I, you know, I, I think it's it's really all about education, and I think that that people that that these fear these this fear mongering is because people just they they don't know they don't know the statistics Uh, they call it a gateway drug all the time um it it is not it is uh, you know talk to any teenage child right now it is so much easier to get marijuana than it is to get alcohol um and and you know mpp slogan it's regulate adult use marijuana like alcohol tax it regulate it 21 and over
0: so you know you you're you're obviously very passionate you're very successful um i mean i i applaud your activism you know just just sort of on a daily you're you're an activist on a daily level you know you 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 have to be you know given the position that you're in as as a mother of a large family what advice do you have for other entrepreneurs looking to either enter this space or you know those entrepreneurs who may want to get into the space in some capacity but are worried about the effect that it could have on their family
1: um i would say, first off the effect on your family is if you educate your family um they, they will get it. You know, I, I, I know my parents had a really difficult time. I come from an extremely conservative background. Um, and you know, now I have, you know, my mom, you know, running around her country club, like guess what Beth and Julie do? Um, yeah, <laughs> like sending the articles about us, you know, she's so proud. She wants to be interviewed by you. So, um, But, um, and advice for entrepreneurs, check your ego at the door. Don't, um, don't ask any of your employees to do anything that you wouldn't do. Share the wealth. There's plenty to go around. Um, and that's important to me. So when I did the public deal, um the most important thing to me was that every single one of my employees became an owner of this company. And um each year they get stock options and I have to say everybody treats this company as as an owner. And um so every cultivator, every janitor, uh every budtender. And um you know I I've I've given away a lot of my own, you know, a lot of my own money and my own, uh, my own stock. So, uh, I, 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 would just say there, there's a lot to go around and, you know, pay it forward and take care of the people that actually make the business successful. Greed is a very bad It's a bad really thing.
0: incredible story. I, I really, really appreciate you taking the time to, you know, especially some of the personal stuff, you know, again, I, I don't have any children. I don't have that experience. You know, I, my, my both of my parents used cannabis my entire childhood. So, you know, I, I, I grew up, you know, it was, it was fine. It was, to, it was totally cool, you know. Um, where can people find out more about you? Where can they find out more about uh, your dispensaries, about MPX Bioceutical, you know, tell me where we're going.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh dot com. You could go on our website. Uh, we are traded on both OTC and uh, the Canadian Stock Exchange. So uh, OTC is MPX, like Mary Paul Xavier EF, like Elizabeth Frank MPXEF, and then on the Canadian Stock Exchange it's MPX dot. Well, again,
0: I want to thank you for taking the time to come on the show. I, I know that you're super busy. Um, and I really look forward to, uh, you know, see, seeing just how you develop, how the company develops, and, and you know where you go from here. Because you know, it, it's a really, really incredible story, and I thank you for sharing it.
1: Thank you so much. And if anybody wants to follow us on Instagram, it's at mpx underscore az, and we have a lot of cool uh, pictures and information. Check that out as well. On there.
0: You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur.com podcast in the podcast section of Gontrepreneur.com and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will find the latest cannabis news and cannabis jobs updated daily along with transcripts of this podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur.com app in iTunes and Google Play. This episode was engineered by Trim Media House. I've been your host, TG Brandfont.